What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Mind Muscle Experience. My name is Tyler Egan, and I will be your host. This is the podcast to help you develop a healthy mind and keep your body aligned. Health is not just about a number on the scale or what you look like in the mirror. It is a condition of physical, mental, spiritual, and social well-being with the absence of disease, discomfort, and the ability to adapt to life's challenges with vitality and resilience. Here, we'll discuss all the ways you can optimize your mind, body, and soul. So please join me each week as we dive into all things health. If you'd like to support the show, you can leave a rate and review on iTunes or Spotify. Invest into your own health with any of the mobility programs listed on my website, or please share the podcast with a friend or on social media. Be sure to tag me. All the links to these things will be in the show notes. Now for today's topic of discussion, I want to dive deep, maybe not deep. I want to dive into technology, social media, those things on our health, our health. I've been making more posts lately about how you really cannot separate the mental from the physical. You cannot separate your mental health from your physical health. It's all the same thing. And even in our world today, our medical system tries to. I think I've heard this is the term people use. Like it's a reductionist approach. And if I understand this correctly, they isolate things down to like, okay, oncology is the study of, I think, like cancer or whatever. You know, there's... um, pathology there's uh i'm trying to think of all the ologies out there biology neurology you know there's neurologists there's biologists there's pathologists there's oncologists there's orthopedics orthopedic surgeons um all the ologies and the the all the things and so we just like isolate these things down to one thing but you really can't separate any one thing from the other it's all intertwined it's all interconnected and so i want to talk about social media technology and its role in our health today um dive into this last week i took like a three-day i didn't really call it this way but my friend texted me and was like yeah congratulations on your detox um but like a digital detox i suppose i took three days off of social media i was still using my phone i had to communicate with clients and i have work to do like i should get done um however i wasn't on social media i deleted all the apps off my phone with the exception of facebook messenger because i use it to talk to some of my clients so i took a break and it was glorious and i learned so much about myself about what this shit is doing to me and so many more things so i want to dive into uh just my experience and then some facts some things that you can do some practical application all the things so again last week it was um sunday i mean it really started yeah i guess it started sunday i deleted the apps off my phone on sunday i didn't go on social media the rest of the day sunday I didn't post anything and then i deleted the apps and i wasn't on social media again until wednesday morning or when yeah wednesday morning and man, I did not realize how much I would just habitually grab my phone and start scrolling on social media. Now, I started to recognize how much I did it a few months back. And so I actually decreased my, if you have an iPhone, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. But like each week, uh, Apple will send you out like a, I guess, I don't know if you have to turn this on, but it'll send you out like a screen time usage. And I've decreased my screen time by like three and a half or four hours. I think it's down like 40 fucking percent. I was up to like nine hours a day and I wasn't necessarily on my phone nine hours. Like I have my screens 
basically on all my technology so they don't turn off unless I'm on low power mode. And so I would leave like a video up um, that I'm listening to like a podcast and I would like put my phone somewhere else and then I'd go cook or I'd go do work or whatever I'm doing. And it would just like eat up the, the quote unquote time. So I kind of paid attention to that more, but I also decreased the amount of times I was picking up my phone. And I, rec- I and like this this past week, I realized how much I just grab it for habitual natures. And so I want to dive into this. So first things first, I want to talk about the psychological of, uh, component of it, like your mental health, your mindset around all this. Like, what is the reason that you're picking up your phone in the first place? What are you using it for? I heard this um, a couple of years ago. I forget who said it, but the our cell phones have essentially become pacifiers for adults. And like, yo, if that isn't the fucking truth, how often do you pick up your phone because you're out in public and you don't know what to do and you don't want to look weird? How often do you pick up your phone because you're procrastinating and that's like your your the way you that's the tool you use to continue to procrastinate and stay stuck in the same patterns? How often do you pick up your phone to reach out to someone because maybe you feel uncomfortable being alone with yourself? Like I had to sit there and answer all these questions myself this past week. Um, now I still was talking to my clients. I was still using my phone, but I wasn't using it in the same way. I didn't realize how much I was picking up my phone uh, out of just sheer habit because of boredom or procrastination. Like procrastination is a very real thing for me. I deal with it. And working for myself, I have to find ways to really catch it in real time. And I've been trying to think of a way to describe this, but um, one thing that drives me bonkers shit is when people identify with a condition or a feeling or an emotion, whatever it is. And they take that on as like, if that's who they are. So anxiety is like the most common one, worrisome, stressed out, these th- overwhelmed, these things are the most common ones I hear as if these things are who you are. Just because you have a lot of anxiety doesn't mean that's who you are. We are so much more than these bodies and the brains that send the signals throughout the bodies. We are the space that these things are happening in. You are not the anxiety. You are the space in which the anxiety is happening in. And so what this means is you can become aware of all of these things. And what this looked like for me last week was I would notice myself pick up my phone. I would like I would I wouldn't try to stop myself. I wouldn't shame myself like why am I doing this? What are you you're wasting time, Tyler? Like go do something else. I wouldn't do any of those things. I just noticed it. I would pick up my phone, I would go to the spot that social media would normally be, whether it was Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or whatever. I would just notice those spots or I would notice myself go to those spots. And then I would be like, okay, well, what am I noticing right now? Like, how am I feeling? What am I doing this for? Is it a pattern? Am I procrastinating? Like, I really just tried to notice it. And if I didn't come up with the answer, I would just kind of move on and get back to work or whatever it is. But because I didn't have that stimulus, the the, the, the techno or the social media to actually go on and distract myself, I had to become aware and okay of the emotions, the feelings, whatever was showing up in that moment, okay? And this is happening to us all, all the time. What, for what reason are you picking up your phone? How come you need to pick up your phone when you're out in public and you're maybe you're waiting for a grocery line to own up, open up, or you're waiting for the gas attendant to pump your gas? Oh, wait, shit. Most people don't have gas attendants because most states aren't like New Jersey. Um, okay. In, insert something else that makes sense there. Like you're at the car wash or something like that and you're waiting to go through it and you're just sitting there scrolling on your phone. How come? How come? Do you feel uncomfortable? 
Do you not want to look weird? Do you want to look like you're busy or important or you got things going on? Like, how come? So we can't separate the psychological component of this, the psychological and emotional component, your mindset, your mentality, your mental health, your mental health. I would actually incorporate like emotions and the way you think into that. Um, But we can't separate that from any of this. And then there's the fact that what is social media doing to us on a real deep psychological level? How many of you go on social media and start judging other people and what they post? I would actually be curious for a day. It would probably eat me alive if I if it happened to me um, every day. But I'd be curious for a day if I could, like, social media, like, somehow I would get immediate DMs when people were judging the posts I shared. I would be so curious to see what would, what would show up. Um... Because I know, like, as somebody who used to go on social media and just sit there and judge people, like, oh, this person acts, they think it's so easy to be healthy because, you know, they just got to work out four days, three days a week or whatever it is. Like, it, it's, if, if only you had my problems, you know, then, then you'd understand it's not that easy to just go to the gym three times a week. You know, I have a job and I have responsibility. Like, that was me. That was me six or seven years ago. Like if, if only it was that easy to be healthy, you're so lucky that you had the ability to post on social media with your abs and shit. That was me judging other people. Like what, what is it doing to us on a psychological level? Like collectively, everybody, what is it doing to us? What is it doing to you? Do you go on social media and judge other people? Do you go on social media and compare yourself to other people? Actually, better question. Do you go on social media and not even realize what you're psychologically doing to yourself? And I'm going to repeat that again. Do you go on social media and not realize what you're psychologically doing to yourself? Because you're the one doing it to you. Sure, the social media algorithms are designed a certain way to elicit us to, like they're trying to extract emotional turmoil in a sense and get us like polarized and, and fighting and arguing um, because that'll lead to more likes and comments and disagreements and more people will stay on the platforms and that means more money for them. Um, those things are real. And at the same time, we are still feeding into it. So even though the social media algorithms are designed to keep us hooked on it, you're still feeding into it. And so like, what is it doing to you? Are you comparing yourself? Are you judging other people? Do you think other people have it made in the shade? I see some of the most people I've met in real life, beautiful, specifically women, um, rocking social media filters. And maybe this is something I'll never fully understand. But that stuff isn't real. Even if a guy, for that matter, even if a guy's rocking a social media filter, I have used filters in the past. I haven't in a while, but because I'm just like naturally relatively ugly <laughs> um, and my skin isn't that great. So I'm just like, I'm going to fucking rock it. I don't even care. So like, I've been there before, but none of it's real. We're all posting shit that makes us look better, makes our lives look better. Um, that's why like, I'm going, getting into a point. I'm really just trying to share like whatever fucking shows up for me. Like I don't care how it makes me appear anymore. So like, what is this shit doing to you psychologically? 
You know, if you're constantly going on there and just comparing yourself to other people, like, oh, this person's kid is like doing better than mine, or, or like, uh, oh man, fucking Suzanne has it great, you know, because she's always going on vacation. It must be nice. You, you're so lucky that you have the money to be able to do. Like, are you just going on there and judging people, comparing yourself that you're not there yet? Like, what is it doing to you? Okay, so like, I want to talk about this, and then I want to say, you do not have to friend everybody you knew growing up, or you know, your kids' friends from 20 years ago or their parents, like you don't have to be friends with them on Facebook. You don't have to, you can hide them on your, your social media pages. You can hide like everybody on any platform anymore. So if you don't want to unfriend somebody, get them the fuck off your social media free feed. Whether you're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, any of it, audit your social media feed and get people off there that make you feel like shit all the time. Now, with that being said, also observe and notice what it is doing to you to be on social media or watch Netflix or like judge the fucking star who looks amazing on screen. Like um, 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 observe how that shit makes you feel. Observe the emotions, the thoughts that arise when you go on social media. If you habitually go on social media or watch Netflix or play video games, anything involving technology, the thought patterns and feelings that follow suit or maybe lead to the action of going on social media or habitually scrolling are going to all be habits. They're all going to be all patterns. So you have to become aware of them. You have to become aware of them. This is why I talk so much about habit change. It's not just about your physical habits. It's about the mental and the mental and emotional patterns that you get yourself into. So you have to create more awareness. Remember, we are the space that these feelings, these emotions, these thoughts are showing up in. If you have a thought right now that, wow, Tyler's a fucking asshole and I can't believe I'm listening to this podcast, I would rather listen to anybody but him, you are perfectly, you are allowed to have that thought. And that doesn't mean that's who you are. Because maybe somebody will have that thought and they'll, they'll then have a follow-up and they'll have a bad feeling about that thought. Like they feel guilty because they thought that way. They'll feel guilty because they thought that way. They feel bad. Like they're a bad person. Like that doesn't, like they're just thoughts. Like our, our, our subconscious mind is, is the, it's the animalistic human part of us. You're going to have some wild thoughts sometimes. They're normal. Create more awareness around it and create a space where that's okay. We are not the anxiety, the fear, the sadness, the depression, any of it. We are the space these things are showing up in. And the more that we resist these feelings, the more they will persist in your life. The more you resist those feelings, no matter what they are, whatever you're you're judging people, comparing people on, on the social media, it will continue to persist in your life. There's a huge thing going on here like the the social media apps the technology the colors on the screen it's all fucking addictive i felt like a piece of me died those three days i wasn't on social media like true fucking story because like i thought i was my patterns like bro it's just three days off social media you're gonna be okay i didn't actually say this to myself i just noticed all the emotions coming up i observed everything showing up for me because you cannot separate the mental from the physical your mind is going to have a downstream and your emotions are going to have a downstream effect on the rest of your biology. You can have the best diet, the best workout program, okay? You could have the best fucking routines if you're not dealing with what's going on in between your ears, your psychology, your mindset, your mental health, your emotional well-being. It's going to have a downstream effect on the rest of your body. 
Okay, audit your social media feeds. You can delete people, but also pay attention to how they're making you feel. If you find yourself comparing yourself to someone or judging somebody because they look like they haven't made in the shade, understand this. First things first, social media is not real life. Everyone's always gonna make it look better. I see people that I went to high school with posting pictures of their kids and their houses, and then like I see them in real life, and I'm like, wow, you're actually, you're still the same way. They're like miserable, or they're upset, or they complain all the time, but like on social media, you would never, never gain it. You would never notice it. Okay, so it's like, the social media isn't real life, so that's first things first. Second thing is, notice how it makes you feel, because that feeling is inside of you. That person isn't doing it to you, social media isn't doing it to you, that feeling is inside of you, that emotional state, that psychological state is inside of you. And do you wanna know why it's important to own that? Because then you can do something about it. If you're going on social media and be like, man, the social media algorithms really get me upset, I'm always comparing myself to people, I'm always um, judging people, like, whatever it is, and you start to notice these things and you make yourself feel bad about it, you're doing that to yourself. And the, again, the reason this is so important is because now you can do something about it. If you say like Susie um, at work is always posting like pictures of her kids and she makes it seem all that great, but then I talk to her at work, she's always fucking complaining. It's like, okay, if and, and it bothers you, it frustrates you, you're giving your power away to her. You, What you're actually saying is, I'm always frustrated because she complains all the time. Therefore, whenever she complains, I will then be frustrated. And you're saying to yourself, like you're literally saying this to yourself, that that she is the reason you are frustrated. Therefore, she has the power to make you frustrated or upset or judge somebody, like whatever it is. Take your power back. Own it. You're doing it to yourself. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good, it's like a really good thing. It's a really good thing. You are in an illusion that our minds create to keep us telling ourselves the same story over and over again. And whatever that is, is going to be different for everybody. So don't neglect, avoid neglecting the psychological component, the emotional component. It has a huge effect on your physical well-being. It has a huge component on your, your weight loss. And I'm just going to say that. I'm going to say that. Your psychology has a huge effect on your weight loss. Audit your social media feeds. Get rid of people that don't serve you, that, that are just like negative. Like there's a guy, I'll share like one of my own, like there's a guy who posts, he posts some pretty good um, content about anatomy, understanding how to really uh, optimize movement and biomechanics. But the way he presented his information just was annoying to me. He was always trying to cause more controversy within the fitness space. And I don't see that as useful. And so I hid him on my Instagram. Like I didn't like get rid of him. I didn't unfollow him. Um, I just hid him so that I'll see his posts when I like actively go out of my way to see his page. They won't just show up on my, my feed anymore. Um, but create awareness around it. Now the next thing I want to talk about when it comes to technology and social media and like whatever we're doing, like Netflix, video games, whatever, is like the effect it has on our eyes. Um, and when we talk about this. It's important to understand that the blue lights in the, in the screens, whether it's your laptop, your iPad, your TV, your phone, whatever it is, these, and actually the light bulbs, the blue lights um, in the, that technology emit the same blue light while it is not the same intensity, the same blue light that the sun emits around midday. And so what the technology is sending, the signal it's sending to your body is that it's midday, so we gotta produce cortisol accordingly. So you're going to stress out your body more. now. 
Cortisol is normal. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, it's a very healthy thing to get to deal with stress. It's a very healthy thing to deal um, to have elevated cortisol levels in times throughout the day. The issue becomes when we're dealing with chronic cortisol and chronic stress levels, which is what a lot of people deal with. A lot of the clients I work with, I'm like, hey, you just have you do you do anything like relax yourself or de stress? And they're like, yeah, I mean, like I do this, that, the other thing at night. And I'm like, okay, what does it feel like to be relaxed versus stressed out? And like people, like the people I work with at least do not know. They do not know what it feels like to actually feel relaxed inside of their own body. They think that feeling stressed is normal. And to some degree it is, but like we should have, having the ability to come down from stress is the key to health and longevity. And so the blue lights are emitting this, telling our body it's the middle of the day. And so it's, it can, that's coming through our eyes, but also there's photoreceptors in our skin that can pick up on the blue light and send the same signal. So um, there's the eye, the effect of, of what it can do to your eyes. Now, with that being said, as you're on the screen doing the things, you're focused on, like if you're on your computer, your laptop, whatever, and you're, focus, you're watching a TV show, you're focused on it, the blue light's emitting the cortisol, and cortisol is going to elevate your alertness. It's going to make you a little more ready to go, right? It's going to it's going to stress you out a little bit. Again, not a bad thing, but it just brings more alertness. It puts us in this like fight or flight mode, not like a, it is fight or flight. So our bodies become more alert and ready to take on whatever it is. Now, prehistorically, like our body was doing this, like we fight or flight was to keep us alive. Now today we don't have to deal with that nearly as much. So you're focused on the screen, your body's in stress mode, and you're like typing up something because you have a deadline or you're sending an email, whatever. And you're so fucking focused on this. And it's gonna it's gonna pull your eyes into more of like a focus lens. And if you like look really hard at something right now, you're not looking at thing, you're focused on one thing. Do this with me right now. Focus on one object in your your sight line of sight and just stare at it. As if you're having a staring contest, you're so focused that you see things in the periphery, but you're not focused on them. They're like kind of blurry. You're focused on this one thing, right? You're contracting the muscles that control your eyes as you do this. Now imagine doing this for six, seven, eight hours a day, not just at work, but when you go home and you watch TV. Your eyes have muscles that contract them. Now, what this is gonna do is if we're doing this all day, we're contracting these eye muscles, something's gonna have to give because your eye muscles just probably aren't that strong, right? So you're gonna start to lean a little bit more forward, which is gonna pull your neck forward, which is gonna pull your chest inward, which is going to pull your shoulders with it. And it will likely lead to you mouth and neck breathing more and not breathing through the diaphragm, which is going to continue to exaggerate the stressful state. It's going to jack up maybe your posture a little bit, cause a little bit more back shoulder pain. Um, and it's just going to deteriorate the quality of your eyesight for, a, I mean, I don't know how long. Um, and I am not one that believes that that is irreversible. Our bodies are pretty fucking incredible at healing themselves. I'm going to say that one more time. Our bodies are pretty fucking incredible at healing themselves. There are people doing miraculous work out there, helping people cure cancers and MS and all of these incurable diseases through um, natural remedies, meditation, all these things, because what they do is they help people uh, get out of fight or flight stress mode, which is what we're talking about here, and into rest and digest, which is the parasympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system, which is the nerve, the part of the nervous system that flips on when we're chill and relaxed and we're safe. When we're safe, our body can then start to produce the chemicals, the essentially the pharmacy of 
medicine that you need. You don't need an external source for the most part. Like if you get shot in the face, maybe it's a different story and ER is pretty useful, but our bodies are pretty amazing at healing us on our own. That's why you can get over a common cold without going to a doctor. We in today's world are just seeking more comfort rather than allowing our bodies to find ways to do this on their own. I have a client, uh, in-person client who will pop Advil for any little thing. We are just so used to, we're so used to not feeling uncomfortable or not feeling comfortable. Yeah, not feeling comfortable. We're so used to finding comfort through like quick things. Your body can heal itself. You just have to be used, you have to get, get it used to that. So, all that being said, the eye stuff, all those things, um, it's, it's not just going to affect the way you see, but it's going to, your eyes have muscles that connect to other parts of your body. It can do things to your joint pain, stuff like that, just from sitting and watching a screen. Okay. Like get up, take like two minute breaks, like a one minute break, like whatever it is. Um, and then it's like what it does to your sleep wake cycle. What does technology uh, do to your sleep wake cycle? So I've talked a lot about this lately, but the blue lights again are going to emit a light that is going to tell your body it's like midday. So now you're producing all this, these stress hormones, the chemicals in your body for stress. And it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta fuck shit up. I gotta fuck shit up. I'm gonna take on the day and grab it by the balls, but it's like 9 p.m. at night. So the chemicals in your body are just like, yo, let's do this. And then you're like, no, it's bedtime. So then you can't fall asleep. But you got the TV on in the background. Maybe you're scrolling on your phone because you can't fall asleep. It's right next to you. All of these things, which isn't going to help. It's actually going to make the problem a little bit worse because if you have your TV on in the background as you sleep, and I know many of you do this. Um, I talk to a lot of clients who, who do this. You may be able to temporarily fall asleep. You may actually, okay. So I, client, I have clients who are just like, my husband can fall asleep easily with TV on. I can, have, I can have coffee at 6 p.m. at night and I'll fall asleep, no problem. Okay, so I wanna emphasize one thing. Sure, you might be able to fall asleep, you might be able to sleep throughout the night with the TV on, have a cup of coffee late, whatever. And does that mean they're getting good quality sleep? Let me just say this. If somebody is storing a significant amount of abdominal fat, more specifically, it's very likely, and I'm not gonna say 100% likely, but very likely that they do not have regulated stress hormones. Their horm their stress hormones are not regulated at all. They're probably chronically elevated or elevated at the very least. Because anybody who has their stress regulated in their life will not store body fat in that way. And I want to say this, like eating shitty food, um, not taking care of yourself, not getting good sleep, not hydrating, these things are not stress out your body. And so someone might be, be like mentally there that doesn't mean they're getting good quality sleep. So like, there are some people who handle stress very, very well. You'll never know. You will never know that they're hyper stressed out. You will never know because they handle it so well. But their body will tell a different story. And so I know some of you are thinking, but my husband, my wife, my boyfriend can fall asleep without with the TV on. He can have a cup of coffee, like three hours before bed. He's fine. He may just be able to handle stress better than you. And that's normal for men to be able to handle stress better than women in the sense, like biologically speaking, I don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers here. Like women do whatever you want to do. But when it comes down to biology, men and women are different. Men can handle stress more because of the testosterone circulating through our blood and um, whatever. So they might be able to fall asleep. They may be able to stay asleep, but it doesn't mean it's good quality sleep. So how can we determine that? Well, if you're waking up feeling rested, um, if you're not hitting the snooze button six, seven, eight, nine times, um, 
and if you can fall asleep pretty easily. We want to regulate our sleep-wake cycle. It should be relatively normal, relatively routine. I go to sleep within like an hour of the same time each day. I wake up within like a half an hour of the same time each day. It should be routine. It should be regulated. If it's not, if your sleep patterns are all over the place, that's a really good sign that your stress levels are too high because the blue lights are going to disrupt your melatonin releasing at night. Melatonin is what puts you to sleep. It's just like the pill in the CVS or the pharmacy but it's naturally made in your body, not synthetically made. Please do not use melatonin from a store. I'll say that again. Please do not use melatonin from a store. It's like giving testosterone to a man so he can build more muscle. The body will then become dependent on the external source for the hormone. Melatonin is a hormone. It's a very important one. Please do not use the pill. Please do not use the thing in the pharmacy. Get your sleep wake cycle regulated. Technology cut off an hour before bed minimum minimum and and you don't have to do this overnight like if you're like okay i sleep my tv in the room whatever like start by turning the tv off before you go to sleep instead of leaving it on while you sleep because those blue lights are still going to be emitting the same uh thing into your body which is to tell your body that's stress so you could be producing stress hormones while you sleep your body could be um your nervous system could be programmed or regulated to do that that doesn't mean it's optimal. It doesn't mean it's healthy. It doesn't mean it's going to help you achieve your goals. If your sleep-wake cycle, if you made it this far, thank you. If your sleep-wake cycle is jacked up, you will you are going to have a really hard time losing weight. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's going to be you're going to have a really hard time losing weight. Um, there are other ways to mitigate stress, but like why why go out of your way to do those when you can just start to change the way you sleep, your sleep patterns, your sleep habits, when you can just start to t- turn your TV off a little bit, a little bit more. Start to pay attention to your own thoughts and your own feelings when you pick up your phone because you're trying to distract yourself or procrastinate from doing something, right? Technology can fuck it. It's a great th- I love technology. I just want to emphasize that. Technology is great. It's so useful. It's so helpful. Um, I mean, it's the reason I can make this podcast. And at the same time, it's doing a lot of things to our health, so we have to become more aware of it. We have to become more aware of it. Bring awareness around the moment right now. How are you feeling while you're listening to this podcast? Was there anything in this podcast that pissed you off, upset you, triggered you, made you happy, got you excited? You're like, yes, let's go. Let's do this. I can do something about my health now. Anything. Did you notice anything as it showed up? They're just feelings. They're just emotions. They're just thoughts. You're the space these are all showing up in. So anyway, I'm going to wrap it up there, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in listening for this long. So if you'd like to support the show, you can leave a rate and review on iTunes. Invest in your own health with any of the programs listed on my website. With that being said, in a week from today, so I'm filming this on Monday. This will come out sometime later in the week. But Monday, July 3rd, mark your calendar. I'm going to be releasing my 12-week menopause mastery program. This is not – I did a podcast about this the other day. This is not a program that you're going to master menopause in 12 weeks. This is for women going through – I mean, shit. A man can do this too. I'm going to be honest with you. All these things would benefit you too. But um, – you're not going to master in 12 weeks. It's 12 weeks worth of workouts. And then the principles in it, if you master those over time, you will feel significantly better. Um, and we're releasing that next week. I mean, hell, you probably could master it in 12 weeks, but you better be really, you be, you probably have to be super committed. Um, and so that is released next Monday, July 3rd. I'm probably going to be listing it for like a week or two at a discounted rate. So make sure you mark your count, probably just a week. Mark your calendars for that. It's going to be a really good program. I'm really excited. I put a lot, a lot, a lot into this program. Um, a lot of information, a lot of content, mindset trainings, nutritional content, help you build meal plans, help you implement those meal plans. Um, 
all the things, workouts, workout tutorials, everything you could possibly need. And then access to my Facebook community, which means me. So anyway, I'm gonna, um, that's gonna, that's gonna come out next Monday. So anyway, I'm gonna stop there. Um, you can support me by investing in your own health, buying any of the programs, that program that comes out next week or any of my mobility programs. You can tag me, post it on social media and tag me. Um, share it with a friend or family. The more I can grow the show organically like this, the better off it'll be. I don't know if people realize how much this stuff helps, um, but it, it truly does. People are always trying to make me suggestions. I'm just like, listen, that's a great suggestion, but you know what you can really do to help? Just if it's a really good, I'm not saying share the episode if you don't like it, but if it's a really good episode um, and you take a lot from it, share it with a friend, share it on social media and tag me. That stuff goes a long way. If your friends see that you give a podcast your vote of support, they will be more inclined to listen to it because they trust you. I've experienced this with my own friends. I'll be like, yo, check this podcast out, it's really good. And then I, they do, I'm like, wow, you're right. But they, they trust in my, my judgment. So that stuff really helps. And then leave rate and reviews on iTunes, that stuff will really help me too. So thank you all, have a good week and peace out.